that you can hear the Mother Earth call. I know that you can hear the Mother Earth call. I know that you can hear the Mother Earth call. Devastated soul through the door and down the hall. But on the way, you stumble, fall, and crawl. Clouded vision you can't see, so you stall. Clouded radio. What up, yo? What up, Halloween in March? <laughs> I, know, I know. We have our Zoom platform set up in Halloween. I know we were going we to change it before we went on, but this is dope. All right. No trip. It's Halloween every day. I'm, I used to be goth for a second, so it's Halloween every day. I'm, I'm, be goth. I'm cool, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, I kind of feel bad. La onda there, dark. I used to be La Onda Dark for a second, but anyway. So, there, yeah. there, was, there was a time that I used to make fun of goth people. I'm sorry, y'all. Man. Dude, you just don't know. Anyways, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. No, right, no, go no. Ahead. But welcome everybody to uh Lasso's Radio. My name is Ma- Mateo. My name is Yao Masawa. Hey, hey, and uh we want to welcome you all. Today we have a, a a very powerful guest, someone that some work that we've been following for quite some time, and, and we're gonna learn how it aligns with some of the work that we do today. Uh, but before that. What Yelp and I are going to do our quick check-in to see what's been going on. Since last time we, you know, we went on IG Live, um, we had a sister from actually Yaltit and myself, our family's community in Mexico, a Masawa community. But uh, but yeah, man, what's up, brother? What up? How are you doing, man? What's 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 going on, man? Uh, like, uh, you know, a little quick check-in with me. Um, it, uh, I don't mind if I do. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even ask me about doing hey, go ahead. hey, continue your interruption. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, well, recently what um, I was invited by, uh, you know, because I come from, um, I have like a trippy trajectory. I'm like a uh, cholo that became a punk. And like I told you, a little golf for a second. But um, but I, uh, uh, I have a, a friend who's from the punk uh, community who's now a professor at uh, CSUN. He's an anthro professor, and he invited me um, to present for this anthro uh, application because I had I got my BA in anthropology before I got my master's. Um, so uh, so it was a very uh, it was very interesting and very reaffirming in terms of like the value systems that I think that or just the way we present, right? Like the way we um, go about our things, right? Cause we, you know, in Lost Souls Radio, we are, um, we we like to share information, facilitate dialogue, um, you know, and whatever information we do have, we we, we share it. But like, when I, when I did that presentation, it was uh, just great to hear the professor say, which I wish I would have heard all my professors say, you know what, like I don't espouse to know anything, um, know everything, I'm just facilitating, you know, uh, dialogue and intellectual development. And there, you know, and, you know, I'm here in a, you know, in a positive way to try to share what I know. So it was, it was beautiful and dope to hear that in a, you know, Western institution. And that's the way I think last souls are, right. We love, mm-hmm. we love to uh, present what we, what we know, what we're learning and, uh, and our, and our, and our interactions with all of our guests is uh, relational, like, you know, like a circle, right? Instead of like, a, you know, like, oh, we are the podcasters. What are you say? So, like, <laughs> but anyway, that was just a good, just really good. You're like, the, you're like the native Max Hedger when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's why I just wanted to drop that. But that being said, now, now we shift to you, Mateo, like, how you doing? And I, and did the last time, uh, 
you know, we were around, you're about to have this medical procedure or something like what's yeah, going on? How are you doing? Yeah, man. Well, you know, we, um, I'm going to say it was a form of rites of passage or initiation to my, within my age bracket. So, you know, you know, I facilitate like, you know, uh, with some of the, the youngsters in the, in the camps and I was having all these problems with my body. So I went to the doctors and the doctor said I should go get a colonoscopy. Now, <clears throat> colonoscopy, a freak, they, when I heard that word, it just scared the heck out of me. So they wanted to do it. I just had it done in January. But what I did the two, a couple of days before is, you know, I was calling uh, all these different brothers up, uh, people who I felt that had a colonoscopy. Some people were like, what? I don't need a colonoscopy yet. And they <laughs> <laughs> all shocked. Like, you got I, me scared, man. I know, man. Why and, I have my uh, physical food? No. I was, <laughs> I was talking to... <laughs> I was talking to a friend, a really good brother, elder from the Zuni community. And uh, um, in fact, he just called me last night. I got to call him back today. But um, I asked him and I was like, hey, man, you know what? I'm having this procedure done. What Have you had this done? I mean, can you make any suggestions? Because I was scared, man. I, I don't know what was going on. I mean, you have like all this, you know, misinformation of, of what happens. And so he's a uh, material. Uh, you know, you should you probably should ask somebody else because uh, I was like, why? <laughs> why should I ask somebody else? I, 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 we're, we're friends, we're <laughs> brothers. And he's like, well, I woke up in mine. I was like, <laughs> 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 and he scared me. He scared me so bad. And so anyways, I stopped calling people, asking them about their experience because I don't want to get any more horror stories. <laughs> yeah. And so I went to this procedure. I went there about eight in the morning. <clears throat> and, um, you know, they prepare you, you in your gown, you put your clothes, you have to have people pick you up. So I was able to contact some men and from one of the men's circles that I work with. And so I had everything set up and these men stepped up to support me. And so, you know, I went to, I'm in the procedure. They have you laying in the operating room. They have you lay, laying fetal position. <laughs> so I'm laying there and I'm scared. And it's freezing, and you hear beep, beep, beep. And so the doctors come in, and I'm, he's getting ready. And I tell the doctor, Doc, before you do this, can you take me out to dinner first? <laughs> so, the doctor, he just starts laughing, and the other nurses and the tech, they're all laughing. And so like, okay, I don't mean to make you guys laugh because I know I'm the one who's going to be laying here all vulnerable. <laughs> and so anyways, they have this, they have this monitor where you have a countdown because they give you the uh, anesthesia. So it starts off at 60 and it goes all the way down. And I remember, I remember it got to 43. And when I got to 43, I dozed off. You know, I was probably like at stage three, entering stage four asleep. And I remember dozing off. At that time, I was asleep. I felt something cold. And I looked over my right shoulder. I, I don't know why I woke up. My eyes, my right eye, like Popeye, looked over my right shoulder. And I saw the doctor with that big old tentacle. I thought it was like the tentacles from Matrix. Oh, my gosh. And so he was about to insert the, 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 the device. And I felt it on my bottom. And I looked. And he looked at me. And we made eye contact. <laughs> after we made eye contact i knocked out like a 
sack of potatoes. Ooh, thank so, so anyways, that oh. was my uh, procedure I had done. Thank you for asking. Oh, oh my God. Uh, you know what I thought you were gonna were gonna say? Because every everybody that I know that's that's had it, because I'm like the youngest in my family, so my brothers are all older, so they've all had it. Um an, another uh mutual close friend, you know, I won't disclose that it's his personal information, had it. a lot of people I know that everyone that's had it, they told me they, they told me the same thing. And that's what's terrified to me is that they said Man, why does it have to be this young, attractive woman that comes in and does <laughs> hear him all like in a speed position? I'm like, no, I, I never want to do that. No, no. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, it was all there was like people who were female, male, and I was like, damn, everybody go to Planet Fitness here. <laughs> it was all. <laughs> it was all in shape. <laughs> You're like, oh man, oh god, that's, no, no, man. I'm having a physical suit, so I, I pray that I'm. Oh <laughs> good, oh good. So that was my that was then that is a form of uh rites of passage that we get to a certain age, you know, in the sense that I had there was True. men who do similar work and hold ceremony. They actually received me, um, coming out of the hospital. They 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 carried me in to make sure my sleeping quarters was set up. Um, they make sure my children were okay. So that's that's the part that I'm really grateful for, uh, minus that that long cold tentacle. But, right. Um, that's where I feel appreciative and and you know and um, and taken care of, and that's what leads what we're leading up to with our with our guest. And yes. um, uh oh, here we go. Hey, y'all, y'all fix your chakras, man. We're gonna set the space. Here we go. Yeah. So coming in is we have uh, our guest. Her name is uh, Sara Husky, uh, Husky Mendoza. Um, she's one of the architects. And correct me if I'm wrong when, she, when you come in, Sara, um, of uh, the Shinashli uh, Girls' Rites of Passage uh, program. In addition to, she's going to talk a little bit about the uh, First Moon Passage. But uh, let's bring her in. Let's bring her in, Sara. Hello. 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 Thank you for, for, for being with us, Sara. We're so excited to hear, hear, you know, to share with the, you know, our Las Souls community what you do and what you're about. So thank you for having us and thank you for being with us. Today. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. For the invitation. Oh, Matias Mateo. Oh my gosh, we need to start over. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. That's okay. Oh Mateo. We call him. Oh Mateo. That's what we call him. Hey, hey Sara, Sara. Real, real quick though, when I was doing dance, like there was some there were some new danzantes, and they thought they were saying my name Mateo. So they were saying when they do like the palabra, they were like, oh Mateo. Like they thought they were giving homage to me and Yao. And Joe and, and a few other brothers, they, and they just let it go. They just let people say it. And so after we corrected them, so now like when we do work, everyone's kind of like, "Oh, Mateo!" <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> oh, we need to edit this. And can you edit it? Really? No, 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 no way. <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. That's, that's what's fun about it. This is so weird. We're, we're, what's the last one's about? That, that's actually perfect. All <laughs> exactly. Very long. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. And uh, 
It's a beautiful thing. thing. We've we've been fo- we've been following like once in a while. Tell us, you know, hey, what's a you trip out on the Shinashli program? Because you your Instagram, and so I've been kind of following your work through social media, and um, more importantly, not only because we do similar work, but because I'm a father of four and I have two daughters. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I was like, I'm always kind of, I'm looking for like cheat codes of how like to better parent, like on your, some of the programs, but, it, but if you could share with our, the Lost Souls community side of um, like, what brought you to the place to start doing this uh, type of work as you, like, like if you could share a little bit about that. Pues, again, uh, buenas tardes. And um, I think ultimately for me was, and like, I think mo- most of us is the injustice, right? Either someone we love, um, you know, experience injustice or we experience injustice. And so, um, you know, for thinking people, you know, some of us are, are problem solvers and, and a lot of us, you know, do this from a place of, you know, like we were told, do it from a place of love. Right? That's why we do this work. And so um, for me, it was, it was that it was. Uh, a combination of, of both that um, if I can figure it out, then let me help somebody else figure it out. And, and what I mean by that was like my immigration story. And, you know, it took me a minute to learn English and I was like, okay, okay, what's going on? And, and I was really worried over my education because um, somehow in Mexico, I got really advanced in math, you know, like, mm. In second grade, I was already doing algebra and my mom really wanted me to um, become an engineer and all these different things. And so, you know, we cut, we had to come to the United States because my grandmother um, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so she was the only sibling still living in, in Mexico. Mm. And so uh, we had to come over here and then, you know, because you don't know English, now you're held back for a couple of years and wait till you learn it and then you got to hopefully catch up and it's a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but once you figure it out, you're, you say, you know, I want to help other people, you know, other people should know how to figure it out. So it really, it really comes from, from that. I think um, historically we could always find someone down the line that did a certain kind of work out of that. And they say, oh, okay, yeah, your great-grandma did that. All right. What, what does my grandma used to say? Mm, prestado, it's yours, you know? I'm like, okay, then, you know? <laughs> you know, this idea that we're misappropriating things, you know? And, and so she would turn around and be like, all right, this one does belong to you. And I'm like, okay, there, you know? <laughs> and so the accountability was constant, you know, in terms of... Um, how I'm going to do the work and based on uh, my identity, right? And so through my identity, through who I I am, and hopefully, uh, you know, a healthier me, Mm -hmm. I'm questioning things, you know? And and so how am I going to put my energy out there? And so early on, that's where Yao and I met. Early on, we started organizing, you know, we're 19, I was 19 at the time. And, um, No, I was 20, actually. And um, and so basically, decolonization, you know, was, was the, the key for me. 
Mm. And I was like, who else is thinking this way? And why does this feel right? You know, and, and I tried like the brown berets and then I tried, um, you know, I definitely was in my time like forever. <clears throat> um, but you try different groups, you know, just to see like where you, you best fit. And that's where um, it was a call, you know, to to create or help um, Jose Maldonado with the LA Indigenous Peoples Alliance. And so we, we met, we met for about three years and it was really about, you know, a think tank, like what are we gonna do and how are we gonna do it? And, and what would be our, the way that we do it? Because, you know, again, we repeat patterns, right? That, that are so ingrained in, in who we are, you know? And it's hard for, for, you know, a group of people, that's just their nature. It's hard, change is hard. Adapting is difficult. We're always gonna have that percentage. It's like this, you know, mathematical, you know, statistic of like how many will, will have a really hard time with change. And so um, you begin to think, okay, well, how do I best catch those people? Because those people, some of them have a lot of energy and they can really pull the popular vote a certain direction, right? And you're like, no, 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 señora, venga para acá. And so, you know, try to work with community and do it in a way that's respectful, but also you got to hold your ground, you know, because they're testing you, right? Community yeah, yeah. tests you and, you know, um, my very first job was at uh, Proyecto Pastoral uh, in Boyle Heights, right? So working in, in the community and and the projects were right there. You know, we had like five different barrios in like this tiny little territory. And so um, if it wasn't for Mike Garcia, who, who an elder there, you know, who kind of showed me the ropes, you know, he's like, you see, you see this avenue, you never cross in your car, you never go from here to there, you know, and I'm like, why? It's right here. He's like, no, you go all the way around. All right, all right, you know, and so you begin to know the, the, the language, right, of different communities, and so that was really, really powerful to, to um, have resources that way. So did that, did that, um, Based on what you're sharing, like with your grandma and then working in, it was Boyle Heights. Is, did that influence? Because I'm looking at the <clears throat> the breakdown for the Shinashli program and it, and it shares um, Shinashli program facilitates the healing and intersection of communities building for Chicana, Indigenous girls and non-binary youth. Is that like what influence? Because that's a lot. You know what I mean? That's a lot of, if you could share a little bit how that even came came about and so um, I worked at Proyecto, and so at that time, we, we were a group of, like, young activists coming together, and it was like, ¿Qué hacemos, qué hacemos? So that energy with, then my next job was with uh, El Instituto de Educación Popular in Sur de California, and that's, like, right there in, uh, in uh, Pico, in L.A., um, and that really was educational in terms of like, how do you work with community? How do you plan to work with community, right? How do you communicate? What are, you know, the best icebreakers? And anyway, it was really wonderful training. I, I, I was in charge of, you know, writing and co-writing, you know, uh, gender specific um, popular education literacy material, you know? And so it was, it was uh, really educational because it was from the ground up. 
And then from there, I moved on to, you know, Lightbot, to really having the freedom to do the work myself. And so um, I was approached by uh, Cristina Regalado from the California Wellness Foundation. And she said, you know, I know you are um, with Idebska, but I know that you're, you know, you want to do this for yourself. You want to do this curriculum. And so she said, I have $10,000. Where do you want them? And I was like, uh, okay, well, with me, of course. Right. And so that's when I quit my job and I just started writing the curriculum and, and I recruited girls and we were there at the, in Highland Park, right on um, Figueroa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would just work with the girls and test out the workshops, you know, and see what worked and what didn't work and kind of try it and listen to the community and be like, okay, what we need to do. And so, um, it was that too, you know, that you have someone who literally invests in you, but investing in you with money, you know? Um, and that's something that, you know, that it's difficult. It's difficult to have that financial support. And so, you know, Cristina Regalado was that, just that role model for me, you know, to be mm. like, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And so, um, that was a big part of how Shinashli comes about, right? So with Shinashli, um, how do we do healing and do it in an intersectional way? And we're doing it intergenerationally too. And ultimately, after, you know, um, LIPA, then I started working with the International Indian Treaty Council. So there's this whole human rights perspective that now, um, it, it's not even now, it was like from the very beginning, it was like, I knew Shinashli is a human rights based doc, you know, kind of program. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, I was with the National Compadres Network, which is, you know, a real articulation of what is La Cultura Cura, which is something that belongs to all of us, you know, mm-hmm. and it was coined, you know, by Professor Montoya in Sacramento, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the late 60s, 70s, entonces, um, all, everything influences, right? The way you do wow. the work, you take the best out of every everything because, you know, none of those places was perfect, but you take the best out of everything and you're like, okay, this this has to be part of it. And so that's how I kind of got it done. I don't know if I answered the question. Holy, oh, definitely did. You totally did. And that's so um, beautiful and powerful how you, how you weaved it all together like all the community um you know movement and and healing um energies that were already uh existing and how it 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 uh helped you grow into what she not uh she naturally uh became and um and is and continues to 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 be and so it, it's really awesome how you just weaved everything you know like from the you know brown braids to uh mecha to lipa to you know um to you know the proyecto pastoral everything it was it's really beautiful and powerful and then and the compadres network and um and interestingly yeah so like i worked with jose maldonado before lipa uh with uh, international indian treaty council and we were establishing national uh chicano human rights council but but um we were going a certain trajectory and then and then it just kind of like it just kind of 
dissipated and that's a long story but yeah. then light bulb emerged and um and uh and that's that's what's so beautiful like so it just uh it's trippy how we all you know inner interweave and and are part of uh of each other's healing and and it's great to hear that because you know oftentimes you you forget um and we're not mindful of that right and and uh mindful of that even though like the old school uh chicano or community was a little bit somehow sometimes archaic and thinking there's there was a lot of also um good aspects like you say taking the best out of the you know of all of that into what where we're at now because decolonizing is an onion right it really is like even like within the lyrics of like Aslan underground we um like there's lyrics that I'm re-examining because I'm like, oh, yo, you know, that's kind of like that's very Western um, approach or that or that's very um, uh, kind of neo settler, uh, you know, so that I'm like, but yet, you know, in our own, uh, you know, attempts to be self-determined in a, inadvertently being neo settler. But that's but in your decolonization, you you learn and you and you move and you move forward. And, it, and I think it's an ongoing because we're, we're, you know, we're 500 plus what, 530 uh, years now this year. Like we're like, you know, we're, we're it's a lot of us, a lot, of, lot to unpack, right? And so, but uh, I also wanted to kind of like um, mention too that um, I'm on, I'm blessed to be on the Tuchin Advisory Board, which is a, a rite of passage program um, for youth that, uh, you know, they're vulnerable and, um, and it's, and it's under the it's via the Fernandinho Tatavian Band of Mission Indians, Puku, uh, you know, community wellness program, and, and it's under that umbrella. And it was, it's, yeah, and what's dope about it is that, you know, um, it's it's, you know, of course the target is uh, Tatavian tribal youth, but because the grant is open to, um, you know, youth in that are, uh, you know, that that qualify the a lot of the youth are are you know detribalized brown youth from Pacoima, you know northeast san fernando valley san fernando and it's so beautiful because the workshops that happen every every week um you know they they promote the understanding of indigenous worldviews right from like uh you know from beating to um music to um you know uh the storytelling is and um and so it's dope because we have like pre-test, post-test, and um, and at the end they're like, you know, we're because part of it is going on hikes, and at the end they're like, you know, I understand that I'm connected to uh, mother. Oh man, it's just so beautiful. And then we have our own little um rite of passage ceremony at the end when they when each cohort finishes, and it's like, it's been so amazing to, it's something that I had, you know, kind of thought about like with other people, like even Mateo, others like, oh, we should do this program that is kind of like just you know that recruits uh youth and um gives them a, a place of healing self-discovery learning um and and here this happened to just you know they had already done this they had already proposed this grant they did it and i because i was already working as a photo instructor i ended up um for the msw um ICWA cases there i had ended up you know, being, you know, thankfully honored asked to be on the Chichino advisory board. So it's like, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful anyway, but just, I I love, but what's great to let's pick your brain. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The work of, um, 
you know, the idea is rites of passage, right? And so if we do not uh, replace all those negative rites of passage that youth are going to go through anyway, if we don't replace those with positive ones, they're going to go through the, the, those other ones, right? Yes. And it could be as cuckoo and wild as just not graduating, you know, high school or being a teen mom, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. I went to the hospital with my second baby and, and in the weight room, there were five generations wow. in one, in one hospital. Cause yeah, it was the teen, the final teen mom. I think she was maybe 16 having the baby, but imagine five generations just sitting right there, right in front of me. Wow. And you're like, wow. You know, that's, that's amazing. It's, wow. You know, it's beautiful, but we just don't have a society that, supports teen moms in a way that we should right right like that's the best time to have babies man the body can do that stuff you know mm-hmm. but you know we're like we really put it down on it and then we really put it down when you've uh, taken too long gotten your phd and now it's too late to have babies and otra vez, mm-hmm. like with the judgment right and so um we need to replace all those attitudes, you know, and, and that's very much deeply rooted in internalized sexism. Mm, mm-hmm. right? Yes. yes. And so that was a big part of Shinachi is like, how do we deal with our own internalized sexism? Because we have to be, you know, a Mujer nation, you know, we have to, you know, know that we can have a voice, that we can have an influence in society, that we just don't have to, you know, support projects, right? We don't have to be behind. Like, we can be, like, next to us, and we can disagree, but we can keep moving forward, you know, with our opinions. Um, But that, to me, is vital, because I think that, you know, men are fighting a, a war, and, you know, decided by men, and up the line of men and men continue. You know what I'm saying? Like it's we need an influence of women in, in the world. And so um that's 100%. a big part of the spirit of, of what I do. And you know, I mentioned all these jobs, but I also have to mention around rites of passage is my tia uh Roseanne Rodriguez, you know. She has uh supported me and, and raising my children and acknowledging all the rites of passage. So every one of my babies, when they were babies, we were, you know, Tia would present them to the, to the, the mezcal and, you know, with, the, you know, bless them with the heat. All three of them. And one is 27, the other one's 19, the other mm. one is 10, you know, mm. so that's a rites of passage, you know, Mm. Uh, when they turn 13, they have their, their medicine ceremony, you know? Mm. And so these are things that we practice as a family and we have here, you know, and we hold on to pretty, pretty tight. And so those inform you of how to do the work. And so now Gelatsli, who's 27, she, you know, graduated from Columbia. She's a biologist. Now she's helping us train in Shinachli, right? And so what we're saying is that it's intergenerational. Mm. We need to create, um, you know, solid circulos, you know, real circulos, healing circulos where people can avoid being um, isolated because, you know, I'm sure y'all, you've heard all the statistics. Isolation will lead to disease. Mm. So what's the answer to isolation? 
Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And even uh, uh, affects longevity. Like if you um, don't have like social, you know, relations, like even your later in life, you're like, you're more, you're likely to, uh, to pass away early on, you know, mm -hmm. so we need to continue to, to honor that, you know, so that's, that's, and you're right. I mean, the, the you know, because of colonization, because of the colonial construct of, you know, Christianity, which um, perpetuates this heteropatriarchal normative, right, that, that, that women are, are to, to be uh, seen and not heard, like, children that women that the it's male dominated like it's just like we are all inculcated with that even us like you know i know and uh that as a man i um there are some things implicitly that i still you know uh operate under and like you say it but it's like how much just internalize this uh patriarchal kind of way of being and male kind of um you know and and that's something we got to deconstruct. And also, I think, and and you find that also in, um, you know, uh, Mateo and I um, uh, have a history of doing fatherhood groups. And actually, it was Mateo that got me into doing fatherhood groups. And I, I thank you, yeah. Mateo. Yeah. And and in those circles, you when the men the men have the space to talk, they start saying, "Yo, man, you know," because I'm like forced to like you know, to be, uh, you know, basically oppressive and I don't want to like being oppressive and I can't show my emotions. And, and, and then they, you know, even disclose, yeah. And actually, you know, they end up like, there's even like, you know, the violence that they're ashamed of, of, of that is being, that they're not perpetrating, that they're receiving, but it's, it's, it's ironic because it's like, because they're men. And I, and I went through that myself, like, because you're a man, and you you say you do have a violent partner, you're so shamed because you're a man to not say, oh, I get beat up every night and I have, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so absolutely. And it happens so much, you know, it happens so much. And so it's true. The invitation that I think has to be normalized and I think it has been normalized. Uh, people say they do it, right? But a lot of people don't do it, but, you know, people are, are conscious of it is redefining your masculinity, right? And so that has to happen in order to have a healthier community, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what does that look like? I'm not here to tell you what it looks like. I'm for, you know, I'm here for you to tell me what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But but that's, you know, I think just kind of supporting what you're saying out. Um, but the other aspect is, you know, it, it's existing and it's tough. For example, in Texas, even before the abortion ban, there are organizations that, you know, they're, they're there with, with gente that look like us, speak like us. And then I get phone calls from the female facilitators and they're like, they're not letting us do the reproductive health part. So it's like, yo, how can you have young people in front of you for 16 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, you know, the, the como cambia? And not teach a girl how to protect herself from HIV, right? Where does that come from, right? Why is that? So, and, and it's like, we have to normalize it. And, you know, we just got to go by the law of the state and then get those nurses to get on our side, right? Like there's ways to go about it, but it takes time and it takes, again, relationship building, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of re relationship building. 
but I don't know if that, you know, also adding, adding to what you're at, you're, you were saying, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, absolutely. And, um, and also like, I mean, you see that, I mean, you know, like, uh, even how, I mean, and it's so embedded in, uh, the dominant culture, I mean, even like with like the Virgin Mary, right, and the birth of Jesus, which is what the prevailing religion is, right, that was imposed on us, um, you know, that the that they uh, a perverse uh, natural childbirth and, you know, oh, yeah, like Jesus, even Jesus' mom was a virgin, right? Like, so that even like, you know, it kind of like uh, um, it, it galvanizes this, 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 this idea that sexuality is 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 evil is dirty when it's not it's part of being a human being and so then you have these kind of situations which you share you know and 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 then again it's like this this patriarchal uh, oppressive you know motivated like you know behaviors right so it's like i'm glad that you brought that up and um and that you know you 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 bring up those examples because those are things that we we need to understand how pervasive they are and how we're we're in we're in com- combat of it, basically. You know what I mean. So, can you, can you, can you imagine uh, Jesus's household when um, they had to tell him that they were born from another another person? <laughs> like, who? I, I know. That's going on exactly. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that circle. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? And, and, yeah, and that, yeah, it's tough. And, and, and that being said, like, so, I mean, I think as adults, we're, we're constantly also reeling and healing from that. And I know that you were, you mentioned, or, or you, you know, we know that you, you're working on this, um, this project called the First Moon Project. I don't know if you could, you know, get into that and like share with us the significance of that and importance of that. First Moon Passage. Yeah. First moon passage, my bad. <laughs> First moon justice project. Oh no, you're wrong too, buddy. Yeah, well, two, two, two wrong no make a right in math. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so our work. <clears throat> oh, I'm so happy today. When I first came to Cal, well, the second time I came to California, uh, I was 11 and I didn't speak a word of English and. Um, that's when my grandmother, you know, was like, we better go over there because if she died, she didn't want to leave her daughters all alone in Mexico City with like no family. And right. so um, I get to Santana and my name at the time was Arelia because my name was Sara Arelia. But my whole family just called me Arelia. I was born Arelia. Everybody, you know, so Sara was mm. just kind of like over there. And in at the Santa Ana Unified School District is where I lost my name. They refused to call me Arelia. And I was like, no, that's my name. Mm. It had to be Sara and you know, Sarah. It's Sarah. And I'm like, right. oh my oh gosh. My gosh. And it, you know, and you know, you know, talking about decolonizing, talking about, you know, just identity and just how we're asked to erase who we who we are. And it's truly based on that white supremacy, right? Mm. And so this racism manifest in us and and it creates rage you know rage is developed by the time you get to 21 you're like you know and so basically with um with that work um today you know this week we just trained a whole new cohort of administrators 
at uh, the Sanana Unified School District to implement Chinachli. And they wanted, you know, oh, wow. wanted district wide. And we had, you know, again, administrators and the therapists, you know, and a lot of the curriculum writers. And so so it's it's like a major win because, you know, wow. that's where I lost my name. And and I don't want little children losing their name, you know? It's like, yeah. no, this is this is who we are, you know? Right, and, right. And we come from that culture where you got to call your, your, you know, your spirit back, but it's based on your name, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's a big win for me. And, and Shanachli is uh, a rites of passage opportunity. You know, the facilitator will, will take the youth through this process. And then the youth have to have an action component without the action component. It's not Shanachli yet, you know, right. uh, the action component is key because that transforms and also breaks through a lot of those perceptions that young people have. So uh, the mm. very first um, uh, Shinachli action component was was actually a mother-daughter conference. And I was just shocked. I was like, I thought my rough and tough little girls were, we were going to go do something crazy. And they're like, well, we don't talk to our moms and we want to talk to them. So we're going to do that. And we're like, wow, you know. And, wow. and it was powerful. It was so, it was like 60 moms and 60, you know, um, or moms or grandmas or caretakers or, you know, those have tias, madrinas, <clears throat> grandmas. And so um, it was so powerful because that's where the CWAP program was born from. You know, it was like the mm-hmm. Mujer program where they wanted to, the moms wanted to go through the curriculum. And so, you know, um, yes, on Friday night, you know, we had this amazing meeting with teachers who showed up on a Friday night, like after, like way after work was over to talk about Shinachi and how to incorporate it. You know, this is a different school district. And they were just, you know, saying, wow, you know, we can use this with any population. Um, And it's just a tool about self-reflection and and about building really our spine, you know, and I am not perfect. Oh, my God, I have made so many mistakes. Right. But we got to continue, you know, to try to become better people. Right. We just want to become better people so we can be good ancestors. Right. Mm. And so that's the goal. It's just like, you know, we just don't give up, you know, con ganas, luchamos ganas, and we keep going. And so with Shinachli, what we are doing is recruiting circle keepers, you know, who would like to really begin to learn about um, femme and and non-binary youth health, as well as girl, you know, reproductive health. And right now, specifically after pandemic, before the pandemic, we went to um, Annapolis, Detroit, San Antonio, um, Cutler Orosi, and um, Salinas, we went to five sites where they were doing Shinashlin. You know, Detroit was doing it. Girls before the pandemic were like, I think it was the third thing that they were most worried about in their life was people dying in their family. And you're like, well, does somebody like have a disease or cancer? They're like, no, but that's a high person, you know, like in terms of like all the things you you're worried about, right? Like somebody dying, like that's pretty high. Then we have the pandemic. Imagine what that did to those young people. Oh, like goodness. it went from three probably to a different number, you know, probably to number one. Hello. We don't want to lose our caretakers. Right. And so right now it's vitally important that we put our, you know, that we just have ourselves out there and, you know, understand that it's really, you know, takes training 
and it takes, you know, communication and it takes a beautiful uh, volunteering, but we definitely need to put a lot more people out there to be able to just hold space, you know, specifically for girls uh-huh. who are starting their first moon. Right. Mm. And so there's all this magic about that, that, you know, we can be in a room two and a half days to talk, you know, talk about mm. that. That's a whole other, you know, magical uh, mm-hmm. experience, but we need these, um, these beautiful moments to acknowledge these beautiful changes Mm. And not just, you know, your first moon, but it's also like, oh, you're going through your menopause, right? Or, hey, you know, uh, you became a grandfather or you became a dad. Like, those are your oh, rights. wow. Habits, right? right, they are. Yeah, it's like you can, you can never go back. Like, that's when you can say, like, oh, I'm not a dad. Like, no, if you're a dad, you're a dad. You're a dad, you're a dad right? You can never go back. That's it. <laughs> that, that's where you have to celebrate that moment. And not celebrate it, but acknowledge it. Acknowledge. Acknowledge it. it. Yeah. And then yeah. when you get in community, then there's accountability, right? Because we all know, you know, it's like if we're not accountable, we start taking shortcuts. And then those shortcuts get to, gets us in trouble, right? And so what we need is we need accountability between ourselves. And so that's what Shinashi does. It creates community and kinship, right, with mm. the girls. And so the, the, the program is like, yeah, if you have the same girls, you, you know, repeat it, keep doing it. Uh, if not, you get a whole new group of, of young people and you work with other young people. But um, it's about giving them a voice, you know, and specifically for girls, we want girls to take more space, right? Because how can they influence the world if they can't even stand up in front of a room and, and you know, take yes. the room, right? And so that's kind of the process we take them through where they can mm-hmm. be ready. That, that's, you know, a, um, that's beautiful that you're sharing that. When you, when you were talking about, um, there's a word that you said, and I really connected to. I do I do a lot of uh, men's work, and I'll even support people mm-hmm. creating a men's space. And um, my critique of men's work that I see is um, the two things that don't happen. And th- this this will lead up probably to another podcast, but another another episode. But is um, in the men's space that action is is absent mm-hmm. and accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you shared that, though, I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" Because that's one of the that's usually like the suggestion to implement in men's spaces when I'm called for to help um, assess and uh, provide um, suggestions for the men's circles. Um, and you see, like, Dang, you just like literally, I felt like, "Oh, you just hit the nose right on the button." And I appreciate that you're saying that because because again, this is something that we you just said we could learn from our sisters, and I think like. I, and no disrespect to all men, but we're still dragging our knuckles. You know, we're still and not even aware. That 100%. Guilty. <laughs> I know. I thought, I'm looking at I'm looking at my, my fingers right now. But how, how, we're, we're all struggling. We're all struggling to make it. So. <laughs> we're approaching this conversation. How do, we're approaching this conversation from a very humble place. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. That's my... how, do, how does one get involved, uh, Sada, with the Shinashi program? Say, for example, someone listens to this uh, this episode. Um, how would somebody get involved in, in your program? And I'm asking not only as a host, but as a father. Last year, I did my daughter's. Um, we weren't able to do her 13th. So 
by the time she was 14 and the pandemic started and then her 15th came around. So we just did like uh we did like a, um, a ceremony in a friend's backyard and we did, I did a father and daughter dance, but it yeah, wasn't like how I've envisioned or how she envisioned, but how could someone get in their children involved in your program? Or what do you suggest? What do you suggest? So um, we have been running, I have this amazing team. Uh, my partner in, in the, in the work is uh, Dr. Pati Ramirez. And uh, she's, she and I have just trained. I, I want to say we're close to 90, 90 brand new facilitators. Uh, at, in the last, you know, 10 years, I've trained another 700. And so the goal is that, is that we need to start um, just go to, you know, coming to our website or, or our Instagram, right, which is Shanashli uh, uh, Girls. And just let us know, you know, please get us on your listserv and we will let you know when the trainings are happening. Um, and giving scholarships away, it's extremely important. So really about a third of, of all the participants are always, you know, scholarships um, that we just want to make sure that it's accessible to everybody. But at the same time, if you come from those agencies that have three to four hundred thousand dollars, then you can't afford to to register for that. It's like it's like we need to be able to help each other out that way. Y cuando no hay, then come on, you know, with money or without money, we support that way. And so. Um, so yeah, please get a hold of us. Um, we have a beautiful team that you know is answering all the emails. So uh, an email is ta for like technical assistance at, at shanashlygirls.com. So that's our email. And then Thank Instagram. you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. no, and so yeah, just you know, let us know. We just want to keep training, training, and training, and then from there, building collectively like this. Okay, you know? and for the and for the youth to get involved, what what happens if there's not a trainer or like a place? How, how do young young folks get involved? Young young sisters, young daughters. Well, what's wonderful um, about you know like an outcome of this horrible pandemic situation that we're maybe coming out of is the acceptability around Zoom, right? And. Um, you know, I've seen now, like, we can create a level of circulo and, and kinship and intimacy on Zoom. It takes some finessing, right? But you can do that. It's not impossible. And so what we want to be able to do is um, make sure that all those that are now comfortable doing it online, they know that, hey, by the way, here's 20 youth that are ready to go online you know, and they're from all over the country. That's the only way that we can answer right now in a, um, you know, in a good way, you know, in, in a responsive way. Um, because yeah, we're still training and, you know, we're in a lot of states around the U.S. Um, next week we have another training in uh, Albuquerque and uh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful too. I mean, it's just, you know, the healing happens because we're there together. You know, and we we challenge each other to look deeper. And the challenge is simply, you know, these questions that we're constantly having to answer for ourselves. So people don't resist. They, they go with it. And and an example of one workshop is the Codice. We've had the Codice for a while. And uh, as women, we talk about how our stories have been literally like erased 
right? They don't, they don't want to know. They, they did, you know, those that conquered and invaded they, they didn't want to, you know, they want to make sure women didn't know that they were powerful women. Before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what we're saying is that we have to write our stories because our stories have literally been burnt, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a reclaiming. And so it's not just a conocimiento, me and you, circular right here. It's like, oh, okay, it makes you think deeper about every action that Beautiful. That we're taking, and that is decolonization. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and you know what else? You know, just got me my brain working is that. So, like, you know, like I was mentioning about Chuchin. I mean, it'd be great for you uh, to invite you all to do an overview because they do, they do, um, you know, zooms, and um, now they're starting to get you know, kind of hybrid of uh, in person and zooms. But even if it is hybrid um, in person and Zooms, it'd be great to invite you all to uh, present at one of the, uh, you know, Chuchin. That'd be, and that way, you know, you do overview, let everybody know what, what's out there for them and and talk about this thing. It'd be great. Like, so it'd be cool to follow up, follow up with you after. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we got to connect you with our kids' school, too. Uh, orale. No, for sure. For sure. We got to do it. And, you know, y'all, you know, anytime, anytime you call answer wonderful 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 I was on mute. thank you thank you thank you thank, thank you Sarah, for sharing that and i also want to invite you um we do something towards uh, around june we call it voices of sun but we share uh indigenous men's uh voices and we also create like a platform for people to ask questions to link them to places or circles or where they could get connected to work on themselves and so I'll send that information to you on, on Instagram. So if you could check it out and. Um, and yeah. Yeah. People ask. So I can definitely send them your way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Cool. Cool. But at this part, we're going to, we're going to be closing out. And first I want to honor you for your work, you know, from, um, it just feels good from y'all and myself to know that there's sisters that we could talk to that are doing the work. And I'm saying this, and I'm sure you know, because at times it feels like we're by ourselves when we're on the front line, but we know there's people who are in this parallels doing a beautiful work. So I want to honor you, sister, for oh, doing this work. You. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this work, because I know podcast is not easy. So thank you. Thank you for your work, Winter. All right, y'all. So, is there anyone else you want to honor, brother? And uh, specifically, um, in honor of our sisters, yes. we're highlighting. And you two, shout out. There's a name you want to shout out. All right. Yes, yes. Berenice and Gilroy, definitely her. And my homegirl, Reina. Of course, Reina. Reina. <laughs> <laughs> Dula Reina <laughs> and Pati Pati Ramirez. All right, Pati Ramirez, presente. Presente. Yeah. Yes, all the all the life giver givers, you know, Mother Mother Earth, and also you know Dr. Purina, who's a you know resistant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Singwa from right here. Um, you know, Ana Kuana, who was, you know, um, our walk from the, yeah, from the, from the islands, you know, Comandante Ramona, um, you know, um, you know, all, all of our, uh, the, you know, just, and all the mothers, you know, the uh, compañera, you know, everybody, you know, everybody who, in the community who are women, all the survivors of, you know, 
of uh, you know this uh, you know of the abuses and you know and their and their voices and then you know and also the honor the missing and murdered indigenous women of you know um, of not only in these so-called territories but also the femicides and what is and all that you know all the just you know all the the woman nation you know just uh, um, and I could go on right we could go on and on but that's that's what you know we we just send my send to my attention yeah prayers. definitely the sisters that took the um, cross with. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you got the medicine. Got the medicine. <laughs> thank you. And last but not least, I would like to honor my grandma who transitioned last year. Her birthday is coming oh. up next week. Mm-hmm. And to all of our grandmas who are dancing with oh. the ancestors right now. She's she, my grandma's actually dancing with Lado Guerrero doing yeah. the jitterbug. Oh. She's like, <laughs> that's her doing her thing. <laughs> but for those of you who are listening, thank you for checking out. Us, uh, share Sara, uh, her program that she has is Shinaski uh, Girls Rights or Passes in addition to First Moon, First Justice Moon. Project. Justice Project. <laughs> you see, the sisters are always like helping out the brothers right here. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh, uh, harmony, uh, harmony right here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank yeah, yeah. you. Have okay. a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a Breakdown of communication. Sharing the breakdown of communication. Sharing the breakdown of communication.